You're listening to the Duplication Nation MLM podcast. Leaders live here. You are about to experience the sexiest podcast ever recorded. (laughs) Hey guys, Randy here back with another episode of the pod. And I say this is going to be the sexiest topic you've ever heard on a podcast because the topic is the holy grail of network marketing, which is how a company goes into momentum, exponential growth, where the the sales trajectory is almost vertical. And I say this is the holy grail of network marketing because um, Come Tuesday night, where whatever town or city you live in, I promise you, you can go to the hotel district where all of the properties are located, usually like by the airport or tourist areas. And there will be five, six, 15 different network marketing companies doing events on a Tuesday night. Um, at least the smart ones who are back doing live events. I know some of you say, oh, no, we don't do live events anymore. We just do Zoom uh, I think that's a big mistake. Uh, companies I see growing again in 2024, they're doing live events, right? But so go to those live events or go to all the Zoom events and you're going to see the same PowerPoint, right? It's this hockey stick chart uh, showing growth and then it goes all up. And then, of course, you're always right here. Uh, for you guys watching on the YouTube channel, I, I did some graphic design, <laughs> some visual aids, right? You all see that. Tr- and it's always, you're at that meeting that Tuesday night, and this is your lucky day because they're exactly at the point just before exponential growth is going to start. I don't think they're lying to you or intentionally misleading you. I think most people believe that. Everybody in the business thinks their company is the next big thing. Everyone in the business thinks their company is the next unicorn, the next multi-billion dollar entity. Um, And 99% of them are wrong. And 99% of them have never actually experienced exponential growth. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about it because I've been truly blessed. I have been part of the team that created Exponential Growth. Not once, but two times in my career. Soon to be three, (laughs) right? Um, And it's very important I say part of the team because anybody who tells you they created Exponential Growth, they're just full of it. Right. It takes a team of amazing people. It takes a lot of factors. Um, You've got to have a really sexy product story. The compensation plan has to provoke the right behavior. There has to be a rock star corporate executive team. Uh, You've got to have enough capital to finance the growth. And then the fifth element, most important, is the field leadership. And um, here's the important point, and I hate to disappoint. I know we have a lot of company owners and CEOs who listen to the podcast. Um, Companies cannot create exponential growth themselves. 
it has to be created by the field. Now, the company can do all those other things, right? They've got to be properly financed, bring in the right team, design the right comp plan, uh, develop a sexy product line. So you control all of that. But then the actual going into an exponential growth, that has to happen from field leadership. So let's kind of break down what I want to share with you, why I think this would be just such a fun episode. I'm going to devote the whole episode just to this is what that timeline looks like. How does the process work? Where does it begin? Where does it go? And then how does it end up where you just, and I've lived this, believe me, you you get up, you check your phone or your laptop and you say, 4,000 people joined my team yesterday. 2,000 people joined my team yesterday. 1,500 people joined my team yesterday. 3,900 people joined my team. That's what I'm talking about with exponential growth. It's one of the most heady, intoxicating, uh, liberating, fulfilling experiences you can ever have in the profession. Um, So to set the stage, I would like to share the jungle story with you. Uh, This is an analogy of what it takes to go from nothing to everything and how the finances work out. You know, who becomes wealthy in network marketing? Because if you are part of the team that creates exponential growth, you do create what I like to call a legacy position. You create a legacy income or generational income that you could will to your children or your grandchildren or a cause that's near and dear to your heart. So the jungle analogy is you start here, everybody begins here, everybody wants to get here. We want to go from here to there, from uh, just starting out to exponential growth. Uh, The problem is you've got to get through the jungle that's in the middle of those two spaces. And the first pioneers, the OGs, the original gangsters, they got to do this with a machete. They are hacking vines and roots and branches to slither their way through the jungle. And it's very dangerous. And all of the pioneers don't survive to the other side. People die in the jungle. Why? Because there's indigenous natives maybe who are shooting arrows and blow darts at them. There are venomous snakes which bite them and they die. There's mosquitoes with uh, malaria and Zika virus. There's other wild animals that will just attack you and eat you, right? So it's very dangerous to hack your way through the jungle. But there's a certain pioneer spirit, a certain entrepreneurial spirit of people who are willing to pay that price. They're willing to take that heightened risk. And it is a heightened risk. See, this is one of the things, you know, with this podcast, you're always going to hear hard truths from me. Uh, I'm never going to sugarcoat it. I'm never going to give you the the stuff you want to hear. Here's the truth. 
If you're one of the founding distributors in a company, you have a much greater risk than somebody who joins an established company. There is a, you know, everybody, everyone wants to get in on the ground floor. People forget there's also a basement <laughs> underneath the ground floor. What do I mean by that? I mean, well, a lot of a majority, an overwhelming majority, like about 80% of the startup companies in our space won't make it. And that's not an indictment on leverage sales, network marketing, MLM. That's true for uh, bookstores and restaurants and nightclubs and retail shops and all kinds of businesses. Eight out of 10 fail in the first two years. Those are just real world numbers. Uh, our profession is the same. So people who want to get in at the ground floor, they're taking a bigger risk. They have the snakes and the mosquito and the wild animals that could kill them in the jungle. But so there's a certain mindset of people who want to hack through the jungle. And when you're working a startup company, you've got to understand you have a smaller subsection from the candidate pool who are going to work with you because there will be people that they're just too conservative. They're not willing to do the work. In other words, when you start with a startup, many times there is no standardized presentation. There are no powerful recruiting tools. There is no track record of success, no testimonial stories. You're starting from scratch and that's harder. It's harder but it's more lucrative. And that's why people, there is this subset of people like me, who and maybe you, who love to get in on the ground floor because you know that could be the really big payoff. So the people hack their way through the jungle and eventually there's a footpath. Now it's a little easier for people to get through the jungle. They keep going, they keep going. Now there's a horse path. Then there's a dirt road. So now we can bring a Jeep or a truck or four-wheeler and we can get through the jungle. And then it gets to be a paved road. And eventually, if you're a mature multi-billion dollar company, it's an eight-lane superhighway. Four lanes are going this way. Four lanes are going the other way. And here's the catch. There's a toll booth in the middle. <laughs> and every time a car goes either way through that, they got a little decal on their windshield, ding, ding, and it, you know, ching, ching, and it charges them a toll to go through the superhighway. And the people who hack their way through, the OG people, they get the biggest percentage of that toll. The people who came on the footpath get the next biggest percentage. The people who came on the dirt road get the next biggest percentage. The people who came on the paved road get less, right? So, and the people who come when it's already an eight-lane superhighway, they still have an amazing business, right? Network marketing is incredible. Choose your own hours, pick the people you want to work with, social entrepreneurship, you can do good, become successful by helping other people reach success. You participate in leverage, just like the ultra-wealthy can. Um, and there's unlimited income potential. So even when it's an eight-lane superhighway, it's an incredible business. It's just not as lucrative financially in as it would be if you were one of the OGs who were willing to 
pick up the machete and hack your way through the jungle. Um, so that's the analogy. Let's look at what does that process look like? So you could kind of see, and here's the fun part of this episode. You can really see where your company is at. Or if you're someone who's evaluating a new opportunity, you can see, okay, what kind of entrepreneur, you know, what kind of opportunity is this I'm looking at? Do they have a dirt path here? Do they have a paved road here? Do they have a superhighway here? So you can realize because once there's an eight lane superhighway, almost nobody dies in the jungle. Right. Only if there's a uh, impaired driver and jumps the meridian or something. Right. But for the most part, it's safe, secure passage through the jungle. So higher risk, higher reward, lower risk, lower reward. That's just the real deal. All right. So what does the timeline look like? How does it begin? The first stage an OG visionary team develops three, five maybe eight people who are willing to hack their way through the jungle. They probably met in a boardroom of a brand new company in Salt Lake City or New York City or London, or it might have been just around a coffee, uh, you know, a table in a hotel lobby in one of those in Mumbai or um, Kuala Lumpur. And somebody was sharing, there was some entrepreneur sharing their vision of their new network marketing company. And there's three to eight people and they're sitting around the table and they get the vision and they make a commitment. The next stage, the first market develops. And nine out of 10 times, it's the home city, wherever the company is headquartered. Um, and that kind of develops first. People are doing meetings in the office. They're bringing people to meet the CEO and the president. It's because um, they don't have the credibility of a proven track record. They're usually bringing people in to meet the founders and try to get the candidates infected with that same vision and dream that the founders and that OG group have. So, but it doesn't have to be. You could be 3,000 miles away from your uh, co corporate HQ, but you have the dream and you have that OG group there. You could build it out there. So, but that first market developing is the second stage in the process. Third stage, and sometimes it's the second, these two could flip. Some of these all the way through could flip, but this is the general process that I see. Uh, third stage is an evangelical product culture develops. People are just passionate about those products. And I think this is the make or break thing, why some companies never get into exponential growth. Because they don't really have that evangelical product passion. Um, if their company went out of business next month, they would be selling all their inventory on eBay or Amazon as quick as they could. The kind of companies I'm talking about, if they got an email that said the company was shutting down, they'd be jumping on their back office and they'd be trying to buy two years worth of supply of that product to- Something went wrong. Oh. Please try again. 
well, Siri was impressed with that idea. <laughs> uh, you know, they'd be trying to buy that product um, to as long as the expiration date or the shelf life would be because they desperately don't ever want to be without that product. Companies that don't get that kind of uh, passion for the product or service, because sometimes there's services, right? Um, I don't think they, I don't think they hit exponential growth. Uh, stage four, a skeleton event calendar gets built out. So there is regular opportunity presentations taking place, mass ones. Nobody hits exponential growth where everybody's just doing two-on-one and one-on-one -on -one presentations. There always will be new developing distributors who aren't comfortable um, making presentations. There'll be early times when you don't have tools to do the presentations. Um, and so, and there will be just orphan distributors. You sponsor someone, they sponsor someone, they sponsor someone and that person, and then the person above them quits and the person above them quits. And so now they don't have a connection to the upline. They're kind of an orphan distributor some, somewhere down in the group. There needs to be uh, team-wide or company-wide presentations on a regular basis that they can tap into. I like at least twice a month. And I love four times a month, five times a month, every week. Uh, so there's some regular opportunity presentations and there's some regular training events and I love, if, if you read my book, Direct Selling Success, the concept I talk about there of leadership academies, this was a huge game changer for me and many, many of the people who follow my work that this was the thing that really allowed them to break through to the million dollar plus a year earning thing was having these regular leadership academies or some kind of training and then major events every few months. So that skeleton gets built up. Um, the next stage is the duplicable system starts to be fleshed out. Meaning some individual components that nurture, even accelerate duplication. As an example, uh, having a standardized presentation, an outline that everybody in the team follows of the narrative of how the presentation is made. And everybody's unique, right? They tell their own jokes, their own stories, but they're following the same uh, outline. So that's standardized. And then you have things like a standardized new member orientation, the training somebody goes through when they first join the business. Because remember, to create exponential growth, you're going to have to follow my mantra of the three things. How do I automate? How do I systematize? And how do I scale? Next stage, a sibling rivalry develops between the major lines. Um, and I got to say, sometimes this isn't friendly. <laughs> sometimes it's nasty. Um, it's a little intense. Um, people who are really successful in our profession, they're competitive people. And competitive people can get a little ego drunk. We can get a little petty. We can, you know, read our own press releases a little too much. 
Um, hopefully it doesn't degenerate to that. It's better when it's a friendly sibling rivalry. But in any event, I think the companies that really hit and sustain momentum, they get that rivalry. You have at least two different lines and you have some friction of them competing against each other. And that challenges everybody to do better. Uh, the next stage happens when this fire develops to three to five other major markets. This means you're getting traction because nobody goes into exponential growth in one market, like whether it's Nevada, whether it's New York, whether it's California, whether it's Ontario, um, you, you've got to have um, at least three to five different major markets in a single country to create that kind of momentum we're talking about. Um, the, and by the way, when, I should have said, like when you start to get the duplicable system, the um, standardized presentation, the new member orientation, that's when I would say the horse path has developed. They hacked through, you had a footpath, and now it's gotten wider and you could even ride a horse or have a horse pull a cart through the jungle. All right, what happens next? A leadership track uh, develops. What do we mean by that? Well, people start to understand what does it take to be a leader with this team, with this company? You see the process and it's a meritocracy. You see people begin at a local event, they're a ticket taker or they set up the product display or they run the AV and they're a volunteer. And then they um, do a 30 second testimonial on one of the live streams or the live events. And um, then they develop into doing training or doing presentations. And then they become part of the, uh, the city event committee planning or the leadership academy committee. Or they start to increase their responsibilities with the leadership. And then they're speaking at major events. And then they're speaking at annual events. And they're in the distributor advisory board with the company, or they're in the team leadership committee that sets the training event agendas and develops the, the tools in the system and things like that. So it's a, it's a track. And people who join, who say, man, I want to be one of those quintuple, triple, quadruple diamonds on the stage. Um, they know what the path looks like to get there. And when you have that path delineated, that's when I think you got a dirt road that's uh, taking you through. Following stage is the major events take an institutional status. There's the annual convention. There is the spring fling that happens every year. There's the fall rally, you know, whatever the names are. But there's at least three major events that happening uh, a year and they just become iconic. They're, they're institutions. 
and everyone is talking, you know, are you booked for convention yet? What's your campaign for the summer rally? You know, whatever. It's just iconic. Um, so because the major events is where things really start to create um, some serious traction because major events are the place where individual people transform from hope to belief. Um, so that's the next stage of the process. Um, the next one is um, the company starts to generate industry buzz. Uh, if you're a distributor like me, what we do is a profession. We're in the profession of leverage sales or direct marketing. Um, but network marketing in and of itself is an in, is a industry, right? Just like you have the steel industry and the airline industry, we have the network marketing industry. And when you're following this process, what happens then is you, your company, creates industry buzz. And that's when the road has now been paved and people are really able to go through this jungle at a pretty high rate of speed with a high level of safety. Meaning people in other companies are talking about you. Do you see ABC company? I notice they pay an extra 2% on the fifth level of the infinity bonus. Did you see ABC company? They claim that their product is better than ours because it does this. Did you hear about ABC? You know, we had some people, they left, they went over to ABC company. People are talking about you, okay? When that happens, you got to pave road you're driving on now. The next stage elevates it and it creates general population viral buzz. Virality, meaning people are talk people at uh, Monsanto and Wells Fargo Bank and Hilton Hotel Corporation and Pizza Hut corporate headquarters are talking about your company around the water cooler. Uh, people at those places, people in those who are not in our business. They're talking about your company in Facebook groups, in WhatsApp chat groups, in Telegram chat groups. Hey, have you heard about ABC company? My brother-in-law invited me to a presentation last night. I went down to the Marriott. This guy was on stage talking about pop, 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 pop. Man, there were people up there. They were making pop, pop, pop money. You know, they got this amazing product that's supposed to do pop, pop, pop. That's when you're really getting some serious uh, traction. Um, and it leads to the next stage, which is my favorite stage <laughs> of the whole process. This is the stage when your company becomes the most hated company in the industry. Um this is when you and every leader on the team has a target on their back and everybody's out to get you. This is when the petty jealousy is coming in. People are upset because they've kind of subconsciously thinking that 
the horse they're riding is a dead horse um, or they're riding a horse on the wrong track. They're losing good people to your company. Um, they're having candidates which look at your company and their company and they choose, choose your company. Um, so when that's going on, now things are really getting sexy. Um, the next stage is the one you're going to hate the most, but it might be the most important stage. And this is the stage when the leadership shakeout occurs. You will lose a certain percentage of your high level leaders. And this could be as low as eight or 10%. It could be as high as 20%, um, maybe 25 once in a million. Um, but what happens is two things. One, egos come into play. Now you're the sexiest company in the industry. Everybody's talking about you. You will have people who allow petty jealousies to get in their way. And the fact that they used to be the number one income earner and now they're the number four income earner, they can't live with that and they will go somewhere else. You will have people who um, they're in some kind of a, you've got some kind of comp plan with a lot of spillover. And so they might've been, they were just in the right place at the right time, lightning struck and it created this, um, excuse me, thought I was going to sneeze, um, created this perfect storm, which allowed them to make a lot of money and give them a certain rank. Um, but they really didn't earn the kind of success they have. And they might not be recognized by the team or the company in a way that assuages their ego. And they unplug from the system. They unplug from the team. They're going to create their own tools. They're going to create their own events. Or they're going to go shopping around for another company. So... Um, that happens. You just uh, people start drinking their own bathwater and they get high on their own supply and uh, shakeout happens. And the other thing happens is other companies are going to come and start poaching your people. And because you are the company that everybody's talking about, because you're the innovator, because you're the benchmark, they're going to start going to your people and saying, hey, you know, we know you're a whatever Supreme NATO commander diamond on this team. And, you know, we'd like to give you a deal. We we'll bring you over to our company and we'll make you the master distributor and we'll give you a suitcase full of cash and uh, we'll guarantee your income. And so people will take deals. Um, and that's the part you might hate, but it's really is a necessary one. You've got to shake the tree get out the poisoned apple, the overripe fruit, whatever uh, cliche you want to use here. Um, but that's when the next stage happens, which is the true leadership team is revealed and united. People come together, they put their egos aside. After the shakeout, they realize, hey, these people who are still here, 
these are the ones I want to be in a foxhole with, even if they're on another line, even if we've had our differences in the past, what we share is much greater than what we differ on. And we have this one dream, one vision to be the next multi-billion dollar juggernaut in the profession and they come together. And that, my friends, is when the four lane and not even a highway. This is the four lane autobahn because there is no speed limits now. Uh, and this is when exponential growth begins. So that's the process. Uh, <laughs> I told you it was going to be sexy. <laughs> Isn't that a sexy topic? Um, so here's your homework. Want to have some fun? Um, really go through this list and ask yourself, okay, where is my company? Or where is this company or companies that I'm evaluating and I'm thinking about going? Where are they at in this timeline? And so where are they at in terms of the jungle story analogy? Dirt path, paved road, eight lane superhighway. Where are they at? And does that match my goals, my dreams, my vision of where I want to go in this profession? And uh, this can really, this can be a really powerful recruiting uh, awareness for you when you start to really recognize where you're at. And if you really do have a viable shot to become that next exponential growth company um, and where you're at and kind of start putting your talking points, your training points, your marketing message to that direction so you can attract the people who share your vision and want to take it forward. So if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do. Duplication Nation MLM podcast. We've got a YouTube channel and we put it up on all the audio platforms. And then be sure and get the free weekly newsletter uh, at duplicationnation.com. All right, go out and have an amazing day. I'll talk to you next episode. Love you guys. Peace. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. <laughs>